All right, everybody. This is Phil Stevens here. It's Iron Radio. I'm a strength coach, powerlifter, Highland Games athlete. I run Strength Guild. We got Dr. Mike with us. What's up? Hey, what's going on? Dr. Mike Nelson, I created the Flex Diet Cert, and associate professor of the Kerrigan Institute. And yeah, <clears throat> we were back home for a few days, and then we are now down in the Dominican Republic and Punta Cana, hanging out oh. with. Uh, some of the people from the Kerrigan Institute here, and yeah, it's been pretty fun so far. Getting over a little bit of a cold headache I got on the way down, but uh, yeah, other than that, it's been good. You guys got a lot better weather there, aside from the rain, of course, than you do up in Minnesota, I'm sure. So, Yeah, it's, it's pretty weird. Minnesota was cold. We got a whole bunch of snow, which was nice. Yeah, And then it like got to friggin' like almost 54 degrees or something crazy like the yeah. next day, and then it was like super... Windy and freezing rain. There was like gusts up to like sixty miles an hour. So it's yeah, that's what we're dealing with here. It's like Kansas has been bipolar. It'll be thirty degrees, and then the next day it was seventy-seven with seventy mile an hour winds. We got a bunch of wildfires, and then now it's going to be seventeen. So oh geez, yeah, it doesn't know what the hell it wants to do. So (laughs) we're all over the place. Everybody's getting colds from that because it keeps going. You know, it'll be below freezing, and then sixty, and then below freezing, and then so it's like ah. Come on, but yeah, it's it's weird. I think my body is like, hey, wait, one day you're at the beach, wait, then you're back home, then you're in a car yeah. for three days, then it was warm, and it yeah. was cold, then it was snow, then you're back on a plane. It's like, oh, <laughs> now it's nice and humid. So yeah, take a plane though, not bad. Yeah, no, sounds like a variability. I'm getting all the variability. There you go. You're getting uh, what would we want to call it? Uh, some kind of body flexibility instead of uh. Yeah, like a flexible diet. You got a you know. logic flexibility. There you go. You're just getting all the flexibility. So yeah. First thing I wanted to touch on was big in the news. They are trying to. Everybody says they did, but it's not final yet. But boxing, weightlifting, and pentathlon out of the Olympics. Oh yeah. Um, and I don't know what the hell this is. It says skateboarding. Sport climbing and browsing are in there. What the hell is browsing as a sport? What the hell is that? I don't know. They said it was first let into the Tokyo Olympics, and now it's going to be in the next three Olympics. It's like professional browsing. Uh, <laughs> I don't, know, I don't what know what that is. Neither do I. I tried looking it up, and I didn't find anything. So I'm hoping it's a a uh, typo, but they like it's in the headline. Skateboarding, wow. browsing. Sport climbing in the Olympics, and then they name the sport numerous times. Like browsing was first in the Tokyo Olympics, and did they say I, it was skateboarding? You said, or what did you say? Skateboarding, browsing, and sport climbing are in. Huh. Are um, in? Okay. The weird one for me, man. This is like they did with with. They tried doing this with wrestling a few years back. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, it's going to be banned, and then wrestling was like, "What the hell?" You know. Which I understand wrestling less than I understand weightlifting. Um, yeah, because wrestling, wrestling like, I mean, you could argue the OG of all of it. Yeah, and and I mean weightlifting was in the first modern Olympics in eighteen ninety six, but but like wrestling, yeah, it was around like Greek times. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. And my problem with wrestling is if you've ever been to a local like a state games, okay, you'll have weightlifting there, and there'll be a hundred people watching. Like wrestling here takes up a whole goddamn arena. There'll oh be, yeah, there'll be ten thousand people watching this. I mean, it's a very popular sport, at least here in the states. Um, yeah, there's there's millions of kids that do. So, like kicking that out was just a bad idea. But I mean, I don't see this. Oh god, I understand why they're doing it, and they gave them a route to get back in. Um, so it's not like final, final yet. They have to right. just straighten their shit out. Um. And yeah, they've both been like boxing and weightlifting have been corrupt as hell. Uh, oh, and I yeah. think that's their problem. But man, just to boot them, it's, oh, I don't know, man. It's hard for me. Like, do we really need synchronized water dancing over weightlifting? Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it, you're, you're getting away. You're losing a, an old, one of the original sports that also is a very, um, international. It's an international and a very judgeable sport. It's not like 
Right. Like, dancing is very subjective. Yeah. Like weightlifting is you picked it up or you didn't. You yeah. Know? So. I mean, I could even look at most weightlifting stuff and be like, yeah, that was good or bad. And I don't know dick about Olympic weightlifting really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you can kind of look at it and the, the layman can look at it. Yeah. Okay. That looked really bad. That's probably not right. good. Um, right. But if I'm watching competitive, you know, water dancing or something, I have no clue what the hell's going on. <laughs> and most viewers don't unless you're one of the 10 people that do that sport. So. Yeah. Even uh, stuff where it's kind of in between, like, you know, diving and stuff. I'm, like, a, amazed at, like, what the athletes can oh, do. Yeah. But the judges are like, that slight little splash as they hit the water. I'm like, I didn't see anything. Like, what yeah, are you talking I, about? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell you who's, who won gold or who took last, you know, right. unless right. they just flopped off the board. Right. Know? Like, that dude belly flopped. He's out. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But other than that, yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of very subjective sports, and that's one thing that's good about all weightlifting is, and that's what drew me to it, you know, from more the physique side, was, you know who won. You know, it's pretty yeah. easy, and it's, you know, there's, and it's you, it's just you against the bar. And then wrestling, or boxing, it comes back to, it's, it's very primal, and it's very old yeah. sports. Like, that dude won. He beat up that dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, guy's standing, the other guy's not, and I know there's points and everything else, but. Yeah. But, I mean, those points are very defined. I mean, it's not yes. that subjective. Like, he hit him in the face. Or, you yeah. know, point. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think they'll fight their way back. I think this is, I'm hoping at least, they're just flexing their muscles as a way to get them to finally wake the fuck up. You know? And, like, hey, guys, we're serious. You're out. Yeah. You know? <laughs> if you don't straighten your shit out. Because, I mean, they busted. Like, the head of the IWF got just straight up popped in that McLaren report where he was hiding doping and accepting money and things like that. So, Oh yeah. I understand that, but for all the athletes worldwide, like this is weightlifting. This is it for weightlifting. (laughs) That is the reason it exists is the Olympics. Uh, and then on off years, they do a world championship. That's just to keep things going. But, I mean, there is no, right. like, now that basketball's in and golf's in, they all have an avenue in professional sports. Yeah. Uh, people come to the Olympics just for fun. Uh, that is the pinnacle of, like, this is Everest for weightlifting. Um, and to remove that, well, damn near, unless they can think of something cool, man, the sport will just die, in my opinion. Well, especially in other countries, I think people forget that that's like their livelihood. Like they yes. get paid as a profession, a very, you know, kind of noble profession, you know, to, to do that, to just literally do Olympic weightlifting. I yeah. mean, there's more avenues in the U.S. than a lot of other countries, but, you know, for a lot of other countries that, you know, for many, many thousands of people, that, that's their whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and in other countries, I like I reported after this the last Olympics. I think it was like Portugal or something. The lady won their first, a female lifter won their first gold medal in weightlifting. She was awarded like five million American dollars and two houses. Oh yeah, by like her if country. You win, it's like yeah, like you were you're a celebrity, and you're set. You know that. Oh, you're set. good for in that third world life. country. She's her family is set as long as they're not stupid with money for forever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And you'll remove that avenue for them. I mean, it'd be like, I don't know. And same thing with boxing. I'm sure they get much the same. If they get a gold or a silver or whatever, they're, they're traipsed around. Like when I lived in Thailand, one of the girls won gold. And like here, if somebody wins gold, like let's say Sarah Robles won gold, she would come home and be semi-celebrity for a few people for a week or two. Yeah, like over there, they took months and like traipsed her around the country and had parades and the whole freaking country was behind her. And she was just instant, like nationwide celebrity. Uh, Yeah, it's different in other countries and people don't realize that Um, it's a it's a big sport. Um, Yeah. And what didn't some of the athletes who got popped like they were like the stuff with Russia, like correct me if I'm wrong, but the athletes were then. Still allowed to compete, but they could not yes. compete for Russia. Is that correct? Is that is right. They came in as like the un, I don't remember what they had a technical. They had like a different name, right? Yeah, they made up a different name, like the ununified athletes of Russia or something. Right. You know, they weren't actually Russian sponsored anymore. 
And yes, I understand. Like, we need to take care of that. Like, if you pop a government-funded doping ring, right? We probably need to take care of that. Um, right. But ban that country. Like, I still yeah. can't believe that every single country is that bad. Now, I'm not blind enough. To, like, there's probably athletes in every country that are doping. Yes. But not under the supervision of their country. Like, I can almost, I can guarantee you that we're not doing that. Because I know a lot of the athletes. You know, they're not going to, uh, you know, the, the VA and getting their weekly injections <laughs> by the <Right>. government. <laughs> Well, especially when you have literally that much data, right? If you watch the movie Icarus, they go into all the detail of it. Like the, you know, the main guy, he's like, yes, I was in charge of doping and Mm -hmm. anti-doping. What? (laughs) You're in charge of both. (laughs) On one hand, if you're going to cheat, that's brilliant. On the other hand, you're like, holy crap. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. And then when they go and they present, like, all the data to, I think it was one of the IOC meetings, they're like, just looking at him, like, just in complete disbelief. He's yeah. like, oh, yeah, no, this has been going on for decades. Yeah. They're like, decades? Like, you don't have any proof of that. It's like, yeah, here's all the protocols. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's the dude who did it. He's in the U.S. now. You want to talk to him? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's what I forgot who, like, for a while there, I don't think we have him anymore, but USA brought over Abajiev. Oh, right. Yeah. And, like, one of the first things from, this is hearsay, but it comes from credible sources. Like, one of the first things he happens, like, you know, he started talking, asking about our supplement protocol. Yeah. And they're like, well, yeah, we got creatine and this and this. And he's like, no, yeah. I'm talking about, and he's like, well, I can't help you. <laughs> you know? <Yeah>. That's just, <laughs> you know. And it's weird. Like, coaches at that level, there's, like, from what I've heard of, like, I know Sarah trained with him. And she's like, he is not a. Like, the best advice he could give her was do it better next time. Uh, you know, she was hoping for some gems out of him. Right. And uh, basically at his level, in the in the countries he comes from, like, he did not teach form at all. By oh, the wow. time he got athletes, they were there. Yeah. You know, they didn't need to be taught that. Like, that, that, that was below him. He, he was just the programming and get your ass to the Olympics. You know, type of thing. He was, it was like the final, the final step. And he didn't mess with, you know, don't do it wrong. Oh, okay, thanks. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll try that next time. Uh, but people, I think, forget, like, you know, take, like, the Bulgarian system or whatever, that their whole thing was, we've got thousands of people in line behind you. Like, yeah. if it doesn't work for you, we don't care. Yes. Like, if you can't handle the stress of, you know, three, four-day training or, you know, whatever they did, um... Yeah, it just we'll get somebody else. So yeah. we, I mean, the U.S. It's like, hey, if you got someone who wants to try, it's like, wow, that's such a rarity. Yeah, we have to take care of those athletes and make sure they're not hurt. Whereas over there in the Eastern Bloc countries, it was like the, the the six people that went to the Olympics were the six that lived through the training. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, you're just another body. Throw them out. You know. Right. I'll tell you this a laugh where people try to transfer that to the U.S. system, and it's like, yeah, you may have some. Some freaks that can handle it. I'm sure you can find athletes here that can do it, but you're not dealing with an unlimited pool of athletes to pick yes. from. You've got yes. a handful of people who even want to try. Exactly. So. And that, although going off topic here, but that, that feeds into uh, Westside. Yeah. And like watching Westside versus the world. And if you know that about the Eastern Bloc countries and how they perform and how they treat their athletes, like, I came into that documentary with a better understanding of where Louis was coming from. Oh, 100%. And, like, people would look at that show and be like, oh, man, he just treats him like shit. Like, when he just, he was just done with Vogelpool. Well, you're done. You're a broken racehorse. Get the fuck out. You know, right. bring the next guy. But that's what he learned from. You know, that's the system he spent his life idealizing. You know, was yeah. that Eastern Bloc system. It was like, that's the way you treat athletes. It's like... You just push them to the fucking brink all the time. If they live, they're going to break records. If they don't, you throw them out and you get another one. <laughs> yeah. So, and he was, uh, you know, very open about that. He's yeah. Like, I want the strongest lifters in the U.S. here to lift. Yeah. That was his whole thing. Like, I yep. want to break that's fucking it. records, and that's what I want to do. So yeah, that's what everything was. Drugs, and whatever else. Yep. That's, 
you know, you're either moving towards the goal or you're not. And if you're not, eh, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> come back, come back when you're fixed. You know, fix yourself and come right. back. We might let you back in. So, right. Yeah. But, uh, so I don't know. It's kind of, I just hope, I hope they get their shit together. I would hate to see those, those sports lost. Um, especially boxing. I've yeah. become a bigger fan since I did it. Um, oh. it's just such a, once you know, like, once you've done it, you learn the whole chess game about it. You know, it's much yeah. more than just fighting. It's, it's, it's fighting under a set of rules and keeping your head, you know, uh, cause uh, you can't just pick up a chair if you're losing and beat the guy over the head with it, you know? Right. Uh, um, yeah, so I mean, I just hate to see those sports gone. The pentathlon, I' not gonna lie, I don't watch it. But uh, yeah, still, again, another old sport. It's like it's hard for me to just lose those sports to bring in like skateboarding. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I understand where they're coming from. Skateboarding and stuff probably has a huge. They're gonna gain some exposure. Um, oh sure, but man, do we have to bail on the other ones, especially some of the original ones that got you where things are going? Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Especially when you're talking about boxing, like now when you look at some of the, I don't know, expedition fights or whatever they call, like, I don't know, demos that they've had oh, yeah. overseas. And those people, I'm not discrediting them at all. They put in a lot of time and effort to get better at it, but they didn't do it most of their life. It was a new yes. thing that they wanted to do. And even as an outsider, just watching a few clips, I'm like, wow. On one hand, they did pretty good. They did better than I thought they would. On yes. the other hand, when you contrast that to someone who is a professional who's been doing it most of their life, yeah, it's like, wow, there's yeah, so much a of a difference. Yes, there is. Right? It's like when they had the Olympics with the 100-meter sprinters and they had, like, the average dude run. And yeah. you're like, whoa, that guy's not even moving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a difference in... You know, I'd hate to see that lost. I mean, because I think, I don't know, like boxing, it seems to be making a comeback. And I know it's always been bigger in other countries. But, uh, oh, yeah. Seem to be having a push to bring it back more. And, you know, MMA did it, hurt it a lot. But I think a lot of that was due to the, I don't know, ignorance of the viewing audience. Once you kind of know the sport and understand it, you appreciate it more. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Just, we'll see. But. Yeah. And I think boxing is kind of sort of like MMA where people want to see knockouts, right? You want to see oh, yeah. train wrecks. You want to see accidents and car racing. Like, no one wants to admit it, but that's part of the draw. Yes. And I think once you get into things like, you know, Floyd Mayweather and people who are a big draw, but are very defensive, very technical it's just almost not as appealing to some people right because they want to see two you know massive people going yes. at it and one guy standing and one guy on the floor <laughs> yeah i mean a great example of that is like mike tyson there's a reason he was yeah very popular yes he came in and kicked the shit out of people and then following him and people had a hard time chewing on it was lennox lewis who was yeah. a boxer and he was if you didn't know the sport it was boring comparatively to watch him because he was in oh, there to 100%. make points. He was in there to score points and win the match, not to just right. kill you. You know, whereas Mike Tyson was that. He was an unleashed pit bull. <laughs> you know, so it was enjoyable for the average person to watch, even though they were dropping at that time hundreds of dollars to watch a 15-second fight. Uh, <laughs> but, and Tyson uh, was also crazy. Oh, yeah, he's back. So you, like, never is. knew. Yeah. yeah, like, you never really knew what was going to happen, yes. right? There was always that sort of air of, like, I I don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, like literally, <laughs> someone might die or lose an ear, you know, and you don't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I hate to say. It. I mean, and I guess for personal reasons with the, the whole weightlifting Olympics, like that's about the only thing I watch when the Olympics is on. So, so but that's because I that's what I coach, you know. Yeah. So for personal reasons, I'd hate to lose it too, but. uh yeah, and I don't know. We've made headway. I mean, I have to believe, at least in this country, weightlifting is as popular, more popular than it's ever been. There's more people doing oh, it. I would that, at least in my lifetime. Yeah, in our lifetime. And uh, and more women in it. 
and we're already starting – I would hate to lose – like we're just starting to see universities give like scholarships for it. Yes. If it's out of Olympics, that's done. You know, so you got kids losing scholarships. I mean, there's no reason for universities to hang on to it because uh, probably the, one of the sole reasons they're able to sell that to their board is that maybe they could send some of the Olympics. Yeah. You know, from that university, which is going to look good for them. But that's gone now. So, you know, we're going to send them to Uzbekistan for some local meat. Well, that doesn't do us any good. <laughs> you know, so. Do you think yeah. the popularity of U.S. weightlifting is from CrossFit? Oh, 100%. I don't yeah, think so. I either. think all of it is. You know, that's yeah. the only reason. So, and honestly, arguably, the rise in powerlifting. Because when I started, like I've talked about numerous times, there'd be a couple meets a year. They would have to announce them like months in advance, and you might get 40 lifters. Maybe. Yeah. Now there's a goddamn meet every weekend that's full. <laughs> you know, and I can 100% draw that back to CrossFit. It just got more yeah. and exposed them to it. It was CrossFit was the marijuana of the weightlifting world. It was the gateway drug. <laughs> it gave them their first taste. And, you know, and then they'd, you know, a portion of those people would venture on further. And, hey, I really like that weightlifting side. I really like the powerlifting side. And then they ventured further and, you know, it brought more lifters to all those sports. It probably did the same thing to. Track and field and everything else, too, I would guess. On the master's level, at least, it got older people, hey, I can run. Yeah. <laughs> you know, type of thing. And they go out and try a local competition. So um, I would guess. I, I don't know because I'm not into those, but that would be, with just from what I see from weightlifting and powerlifting, I would venture to guess that's correct. But Yeah. Uh, I mean, I that's my thought, too. I mean, especially with CrossFit and Olympic weightlifting, I haven't seen anything that's come people into it. I mean, I said, I don't know, years ago in the program too, that, you know, 10 years ago, if you would have told me like, yeah, there's going to be this thing where you can go to any almost major city now in the world, especially in the U.S., it's going to be just a basic gym, basic equipment. There's going to be people doing lots of lifts, maybe some Metcon stuff, and they'll be doing a lot of Olympic weightlifting. And there may be more females than guys in most locations. Yeah. I would have said you're out of your tree. That's never going to happen. That was yeah, wrong. exactly. <laughs> you know, a large part of that for weightlifting was like there was literally nowhere to do it before CrossFit. Right. Like no one had bumper plates. And you didn't see them. And no. then all of a sudden you have all these places across the country that have bumper plates and, and women's and men's bars, uh, weightlifting bars. So just that, they just, they gave you a bowl to eat out of. <laughs> you know, before there was no food in your bowl at all. You just, if you wanted to do it, you had to search and find one of the 10 clubs in the country. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. yeah. I did Olympic weightlifting years ago just because I was, I was just always impressed by those athletes, you know, how much weight they could lift, how, you know, smooth it was and everything. I'm like, well, I should try it. And it took me forever. I finally found uh, this guy who was like the Minnesota state champion for I don't know how many years. Nice dude, but this one old like place down in St. Paul, Minnesota, like back room of this rec center. And he was kind of like the super old school style Olympic coach where like, ah, you know, mobility, stretching, all that stuff. Like just here's a bar, just, you know, get under it, you know, move faster and at the time, I had so many, you know, mobility issues. Doing Olympic weightlifting should have been the last thing I should have been doing at the time. Um, but it was interesting. But after like a year and a half of doing it, I was like, I have made literally no progress, and I hurt all the time. Maybe this isn't for me, or I'm not doing it, you know, the, the right way. Yeah. Before CrossFit, like there was, that was the only place I could find within a 50 mile radius, and there might have yeah. been others, but that was the only one I could find. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely changed. Speaking of weightlifting, Lasha came out and broke records again. Uh, it's the world championships right now. So for anybody who didn't know, and uh, one of the craziest lifters of this time and now going on to any time and is that Lasha guy. Uh, I hate to even try his last name, Talakazadi, but. Anyways, uh, clean and jerk, clean and jerk, five eighty eight point six. 
and snacks Ooh. four snacks four pounds short of five hundred pounds, four hundred ninety six pounds. Oh, <laughs> uh, that would body weight. Uh, is it what? That would body oh, what, weight. Oh God, it doesn't even say he's super heavy. Looking at him, yeah, three and three three fifty plus. Yeah, he's a big I, dude. I, I, I was guessing you know, Yeah. <laughs> so, but I don't know. I got to look it up here. Um, Terry Anko's record. Oh, clean jerk record. I'm not sure if he beat it. That like that's been a record that long time, uh, right? That everybody's been trying to beat, and it looks like he beat it. Oh, uh, wow! Because that's been there forever. Because that was a the they did away with his record. Because it was before drug testing. Oh, uh, okay. What year so was that? It is no in eighty something. Uh, eighty eight. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he clean and jerked five eighty six in nineteen eighty eight, and Lasha just did five eighty eight. So, so he finally beat. So basically, it is the all time most ever done. So he can't wow. say something. Either. So yeah, that's a big one. Oh, um. Yeah, that's all I've heard coming out of Worlds. I know Sarah posted something Robles, and so she was there and just said she didn't. She had one of the her two worst competitions in her life, but oh, it happens. You know, it happens yeah. to everybody. And she's she seems to be taking it well. It's time to get back on the horse and actually train hard and put a good training cycle together. So yeah, I'm just glad she's still doing it because, like, I I think it was last week. I just asked her if she was. Yeah, I wasn't sure because I hadn't talked to her in a little while. And apparently she is because she went to Worlds. But I hope she pushes on for one more. Yeah, it'd be good. She's a she's a super nice person. Uh, yeah, because she this would probably be her last one. Then I would imagine if she does it, uh, I would think. Yeah, because she was all already from what I remember, she was already the oldest female to compete for us. And when right. it's a short sport, and that's what people don't realize. Most people in that sport are after your twenties, you're done. <clears throat> So crazy. <laughs> and I think a lot of that is, and I've talked to this, like different strength coaches and, and, um, PTs and stuff. A lot of that is weightlifting is one of the few sports in the world that you just can't get your body in proper positions, in a safe position, mm-hmm. under load. Uh, you're gonna have some, some lumbar spine flexion and things like that. Due to the nature of the sport, unless you're one of those freaks, like some of the Chinese people and stuff that are built with like really short legs and things can, can keep yeah. a flat back and have, you know, 500 pounds over their head just because their body. Uh, but most people. Yeah, but their anthropometrics are crazy normal and they're selected <laughs> yeah. from how many hundreds of thousands of people for yeah, that body exactly. style. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the average person, and that's what I have to tell people that come in and learn from me is like, you got to realize. You know, we're going to attempt to put you in a as safe a position as we can. Right. But the likelihood of you lifting in a fairly unsafe position in weightlifting is just a matter of the sport. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're not going to be able to keep you stacked and your hips under you and things like that. Plus have 200 pounds held over your head while you're sitting on your ankles. <laughs> right. So, and that's, that's a big part of the reason I would think that the careers are so short. You know, they take a beating, you know. So under heavy load in compromised positions. So yeah. a lot of them are just done. Come 30, come 30, you're just wrecked. <laughs> and my guess is, like we talked about earlier, the 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 sports system they come from has a lot to do with that. I mean, I can understand yeah. why our weightlifters are older because we don't yeah. treat them like racehorses. Um, <laughs> we most can't. of them don't start until so. they're later. They start when, most of them start when they're four. Yeah, no, Sarah, like, I met her when she started, and she was a track athlete. Yeah. She was she was throwing discus at ASU and then came to do some weightlifting in the offseason to help her sport and then decided, hey, I'm pretty good at this, and she swapped. She changed sports. So, yeah, she got into it, I don't know, at 20 years old or whatever, whereas, you know, you're talking yeah. in Uzbekistan and China and things, they start you at, like, four. Yeah. <laughs> so, but... How much of that do you think is, and I know the systems are different too, and the, the Chinese I've heard use a lot of accessory lifts and that type of thing, but how much of that do you think is just by nature the repetitiveness of it? Because 
you're literally only doing two lifts, right? Oh, so at some yeah. point, there's no way around it that you have to practice those two lifts. And if you have to practice them, you probably have to practice them with a fair amount of frequency or finds other things that transfer, which is going to be harder just because of the nature of the lifts. Just the, I don't know. I just think about kind of the, the definition of the sport is a lack of variability. And over time, that's just got to add up to wear and tear, too. Mentally, too. Oh, it's I mean, and that's what I've talked to people like, about. Physically you have and to, mentally. You have to be a very, very special person to literally practice two lists for 10 plus years. Right. Like, that's all you're fucking doing. Like, hey, I get a snatch and cleaner jerk again. Oh, we're doing doubles today. It's something new. Yeah. <laughs> that's your variability. Your variability is like doing a hang snatch instead of a snatch from the floor. Um, right. Yeah, and I'd say it's worse than even powerlifting. With powerlifting, you got three events, yep. and there's tons of accessory stuff that helps. Um, and they're slightly but, in different positions. And not, yeah, and not nearly as technical. Like, right. You have to practice at least the snatch, like, a lot, <laughs> because it needs to be on. There's no – so, yeah, I mean, that's definitely part of it. I mean, just, you know, the wear and tear of always doing those lifts, like, three to six days a week for ten years, you're going to snatch and clean and jerk. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, yeah, it takes – and that's – I've talked about it, like I said. I mean, I, one of the biggest things to me is, like, the athletes that excel in it are the weird ones that are OCD like that, and they don't mind, like, okay, we're just doing this. You yeah. Know, and we're going to do it again and again. That's hard. You know, that's really hard. Um, but, I mean, I guess it can't be any harder than, like, I don't know, Usain Bolt. Like, you're going to run 100 meters a lot. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, all those. But, I mean, that's – that's probably another reason that like that whittles down the field of athletes in and of itself. You've got to be mentally tough as as well as physically gifted uh, yeah. to be able to. I think there's some of that to everything, right? If you look at any sport, a good buddy of mine does a lot of grip sports stuff, and so he's figured out over the years what are kind of the the main lifts that transfer to a lot of even the smaller um, lifts. Yeah. And so if you look around the sport, you see people just doing all sorts of weird stuff and it, most gyms you see this too because it's just there's too much variety right it's almost too yeah. easy just to do something else and so i was asking him one day i said hey you know what do you think is a key with your training compared to somebody else man because he's been doing it for god probably 15 plus years now mm -hmm. and he's like well he's like i figured out what are the you know the couple main lifts that transfer the most and he's like my autistic ass can go in and do that day in and day out for like yes. 10 years in a row these other people, they're not doing that. <laughs> yep. No, and that's that's what I think <laughs> amazes people is like if you look at the best of the best in lifting sports, their training's pretty simple. It really, it's all oh, yeah. it verges on boring. Um, and but they're able to just do it over and over again. And it takes a special person to do that because people want variety. That's like even in my the programming I give out. I have to understand that. Like, yeah. I could literally go in and just squat and deadlift. That's it. And and it helps me. Like, that's really all I've done for the last five years. Like, my 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 training for my powerlifting means the last five years literally has been squat and deadlift and do it a lot. Um, and it brought my squat up a ton. But most people can't do that. And so in my own training, I have to realize that. And people, I, I purposely give some variety that I don't think is 100% needed, but it's needed for them mentally. You know, oh, yeah. It's not physically needed for their advancement in their sport, but to keep them doing it, it I have to put it in. They would just quit, <laughs> you know, and I don't want that. Yeah. So, uh, so, I mean, in a way it is better, but it's better just because of their own personal faults or, you know, maybe it's not, maybe the people that are weird and able to stick to it have a fault, but, uh, you know, I mean, I always look at that in programs. I'm always asking myself the question of, do I need to add more variability? Because the mm -hmm. mistake I made in the past was I, I added different things even when stuff was working well and the client was not complaining because I was afraid they'd be like, why am I paying this guy a shitload of money to tell me to do the same thing time and yeah. time again? Yep. And so I was afraid they were going to 
leave because it was the same, which was my fault. Yep. Um, but then I got better of asking. I'm like, hey, you know, how are you feeling? What's going on? You know, do you want more variety? Are you okay doing the same things? So I'm trying to figure out, do they need more variability from yes. a physical standpoint? I eat, yeah, every time I keep squatting, my knees keep hurting when we reach, you know, X amount of volume. Yeah, we can look at how you're performing and et cetera, but we may need to back off that lift for a period of time mm-hmm. just because of the overuse. Or is it a psychological thing where it's like, man, I can't squat three days, you know, yeah. just because if they drop off with consistency and they're not doing anything, then they're definitely not going to do well. So you're always trying to, I think, yep. ride that fine line. And I've, I've just noticed that it's really different from, you know, one person yeah, to the next. Yep. And change stuff too early. Um, and now it'd be like, hey, this is working. Let's keep going in this, you know, similar path. And I'll make the minimum changes possible to keep everything on track, not the maximal. Yeah, for sure. And that's like I have a squat program I have people do, and it's it's six weeks, and they're squatting three days a week, high volume. Yeah. And Ooh. part of that is, like, a big part of the reason it's only six weeks is just overuse. You know, when you're squatting three to five sets of ten three days a week at a fairly heavy weight, uh, it's a lot of abuse on that motor pattern, that one single oh. pattern. But at the same time, it's also the mental abuse. It's usually week five that people are like, holy, I don't want to fucking squat ever again. (laughs) They start getting to that point. It's like, okay, well, you only got one more week. So, and they can do that. If I told them, okay, we're doing that for 10 years. No, they just, I wouldn't have anybody. They'd all just leave. (laughs) Except for one weird dude that loves squatting. So, yeah. Um, uh, so, I yeah, I, mean, I think part of it's physical and, and a big part of it's mental. So. Yeah, and I think with powerlifting, I don't know what you've seen, but, like, I remember when daily undulating periodization was, like, super popular. And there's some good data on it. I, I think it's a good program if you're the kind of person who can just squat, bench, and deadlift. Yeah. You know, if you can, that's great. But I've also worked with a fair amount of people who just got the crap kicked out of them from yes. doing that, too. Yep. And yep. once we added more variability, drop back on some of the lifts, added more accessory stuff, changed the motor patterns, oh, everything went went better again. And again, yeah. it doesn't mean that that's a bad program. It's just who is the program for and yep. what are your results from? Yeah. So, yeah, man, I don't know. Interesting stuff. What do you got going on for Christmas? Uh, Christmas, we'll be back just hanging out at my sister's place for, for a little while, and um, that's about it. We'll be home for a few weeks, and then we'll be in Costa Rica for a week in January, and then I'll be presenting at the Society for Neurosports on January 22nd in Florida. Sweet. Yeah, I'll be doing a talk on uh, heart rate variability there. That'll be fun. I'm going yeah. to... uh. We're doing another vacation, so going to Montana again. I'm gonna go see Gabby uh, and uh, Gabby and Sean for a day or two. They're gonna take oh, us out fun. to the. Uh, well, we went up to Montana. We went up near West Yellowstone two years ago. Oh, that's right. And when we were there, when I was when I visited Sean and Gabby, and I gave that seminar this summer, Gabby informed us that we were watching your post while you're in West Yellowstone, and I wanted to drive down and. Hang out with you guys, and Sean was like, "No, you can't do that. That's just weird." Because I, <laughs> I had never met him, you know. Oh, like, oh yeah, you should have totally done it. You know, you could have just come up and said, "Hey, what's up?" Now it would have been weird if you just like came to my room and wanted to hang out all night because I right. didn't fucking tell you. But I'm always game for people to come. And anyways, uh, no, they're gonna show us local stuff. Like when I go oh, to places, nice. I want to see where do the locals go because it's usually totally different than where the tourists go. so no they're gonna they found us some like hot springs to go sit in while it's negative 17 out and uh we like going sledding with the kids and they know some places for that so one thing i won't do what do you do like you travel a ton so of course you're good at this training on the road thing do you train when it's truly vacation uh yeah i do do you okay I mean, we're down here in Putacana at the Hard Rock Cafe. 
our hard rock resort, I guess. Um, like I said, we're with the Kerrig Institute, so we had some CEU stuff. And the last, <laughs> the last time we went with them, we went on a, a cruise. So it's the first time we ever did a cruise. It's probably okay. like three, three years ago. Uh, super nice boat. It was, it was fun, but it was the two things that were inter- the most interesting to me were, well, three. The food selection, which was all, you know, buffet-type things, yeah. which was okay. Um, some restaurants were better than others, which we figured out pretty fast. Um, some people drink a lot, which was oh, crazy, yeah. Yeah. you know, because they had an all-inclusive alcohol package, which was yep. separate, yep. which is fine. But when I saw, like, the alcohol package was $750, I think, for seven days, Yeah, I was like, Who's going to drink that much? And then you yeah. realize that that's all some people did. Yeah, that's all they do. Until like yeah. 11 p.m. Yeah. Which, you know, whatever. Um, and so my buddy Freddie, as we went to the gym, like probably almost every day. And so the guy was probably the fourth day there. I said, hey, what should we do today? He's like, ah, let's do the run the rack doing uh, bicep training. I'm like, oh, oh, no. Um, <laughs> He's got, like, super big arms, so I'm like, oh, okay, whatever, sure, you're in charge, looks cool, whatever, I'll live. Um, so we started with the 10-pound dumbbells and did reps of 10, and then went all the way up to, I think I capped out, like, the 40s or something. Uh, but we didn't alternate person. Like, one person did all of it first, and the next person went, oh. and then we went all back down again. Oh, boy. We just did one set, but it was literally, like, some you lifting arms for, like, 10 minutes in a row. Yeah, and he's like, and if you can't complete the reps, I'll help you just enough to complete the reps. Oh god! Oh, so we did that, dude. I my arms have never been that sore. Oh, like true. trying to wash my hair the next day, I was like, oh, this is hideous. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, most of the time, even like on vacation, we do just because I, I don't know. Like I'll take a couple of days off. Like today, I'll probably go just do some light stuff to get the movement in. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's just something I like doing and you get to the point i think after you've been doing it long enough where you know the difference between okay i need some time off like i'll take two three four days in a row off and then the point where you're like okay i'm completely recovered and now i just feel like i'm regressing backwards and you kind of miss it yeah Uh, i mean i don't usually do anything too crazy like i'll rarely even ever deadlift or squat or anything it's just Go in there and play with the machines, do some, you know, dumbbell stuff, like just enough to, to kind of get by and, and have fun. Yeah. Uh, same thing with do kiteboarding, you know, like I did some front squats this time and some RDLs, which is more than what I've done in the past, but I came home and then I'm like, oh yeah, a squat. <sighs> oh my God. Even like safety squat was just horrible because you forget like having, there's something about having weight on your axial spine that mm-hmm. your body does. Like I had nothing for you know seven weeks, the other than you know up to one fifty five, so real yeah. light. And I also bought a a K box, so the flywheel training. Uh-huh. The idiot me gets home and I'm like, oh yeah, this would be great. So I did a safety squat, and then I alternated with a zerker squats in the K box. And uh, yeah, today's the first day after six days where my legs don't absolutely <laughs> freaking hate me. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, uh, two things came up from that. One thing was, um, oh, coming back from my hip. Like, that was the biggest thing. Like, you talk about just weight on your back. Oh. Like, because I hadn't had heavy weight on my back in two years. And it was like, okay. Oh, and then yeah. I got to the point, it was like, I'm ready to compete again. It was that. It was, it was the weight on my back that I just was not used to anymore. I moved it fine. Um, once I talked my head into it. But holy crap, it felt totally different. And then, you know, coming up to this, to this meet, it was like, I can't believe, like, I unracked 700 so many times. It felt good. And it's just, just being used to it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but my other one I was going to hit on before I talk about what I do on vacations is uh, the uh, – I've been on one cruise in my life. And it was like 20 years ago. And so that was before the CrossFit craze. So lifting wasn't that big, especially when people go on cruises. But they had a gym. Yeah. And within this gym, I'm guessing it's probably the last boat that had a regular power rack in it. They oh, had wow. a regular power rack, and I went in to squat it, and I realized why they have Smith machines in on boats. Yes, uh, it was the same thing. <laughs> I unracked that fucking bar and went to squat, and you don't feel it that much. Like, I didn't get seasick or anything. Some people do. 
I didn't notice how much the boat moved. Oh, yeah. Until I had like 405 on my back and this boat is swaying back and forth. <laughs> and it was like, oh, I understand why you have Smith machines now. That makes sense. You know, this, I'm basically on a constantly moving giant platform. Um, but yeah, so they shut that down on like day two. They're like, oh, nobody uses that anymore. So um, <laughs> they just had the Smith machine. No, vacations wise though, I, I don't travel as much as you. And we usually have two. We take one for Christmas and then one in the summer. And I just plan my training around that, and I just don't. Yeah. Like, everybody's like, are you going to train with Sean and Gabby? And then, no, I'm not. I'm, but I'm just going to go out and be active. It's my yeah. time to be active away from the gym. Um, and it's it's good for me. Plus, it's also just harder for me to, on the road, like a big part of training for me is mental. Um, I need to be in my atmosphere and the right frame of mind and things like that. And when I'm on vacation, I'm not in the, let's go squat 700. Uh, And it's better for me. I just learned it's better for me to like those 10 days aren't going to hurt me. It's probably going to do me some good. Just go have fun and be active. Yeah. Oh, climb that hill a hundred times and sled down it with your kids. So, but like I said, that's 20 days a year. Yeah. So the other 344 days, uh, I'm back here and I'm trying. So, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, I think of... it just depends on frequency. Like when I was traveling more before COVID stuff, like I I looked and for yeah, the three and a half year period, the longest I was home in a row was three and a half weeks. So if I didn't train at all, I would have yeah. been just a disaster. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, you're training. Like last year was probably your, it was had to be been a record for not, Oh, insane. <laughs> After the, the lockdown, I was like, oh, I got, you know, everything in my garage, couldn't go to the gyms for a while, which is fine. Yeah. And I realized I'm like, oh, it's so much easier to make progress when you wake up in your same bed, like yeah. all your food, you know where it's coming from. Like it was just like Groundhog Day because yeah. I didn't even hardly have any talks. I did a bunch of Zoom meetings at first and I realized I hate my life. And so I stopped doing that. I'm like, screw this. I'm not doing more just random free stuff for, you know, someone who has two followers, you know, um, which never got posted or anything. It was just, you know, it was at the time where everyone was freaking out, just doing free content with whoever they could find uh, for no rhyme or reason. Uh, But, yeah, I noticed that that was, like, so much easier, especially on, like, heavier lifts, like squats and deadlifts and grip stuff. And, yeah, and, you know, previous to that, a big thing that took me a while to figure out was, it sounds weird, but like how to actually lift in a group setting. Oh, I can see that. All my lifting was by myself, which I, you know, I like, and I know that in terms of sheer performance, am I giving up some level of performance by doing that? Absolutely. But it's just so much easier and it's kind of an outlet just to do whatever you want. Um, So that took me probably years to feel okay lifting in a group situation. Just, and it I don't know. It wasn't really an insecurity thing. Maybe part of it was, but I just was not not used to it. Yes. You know, and I'm not used to waiting to see if people are done with this or who's doing this. And yeah. So even now, I just I still go to the gym at home just one day a week to you know use the dumbbells, use some machines, get used to having other people being around, like just doing the stupidest stuff you can imagine. Like mm-hmm. a guy yeah. the other day before I left. Doing dumbbell uh, lat raises with 15 or 10 pounds on the heavy end of the dumbbell section, and he sets the dumbbells literally like three feet away from the rack. Uh-huh. I'm like, there's an entire gym here. It's not that crowded. What what possesses you to be like a moth to the you know heavy end of the dumbbells to do your? There's <laughs> a weird stuff like that. I yeah. Yeah, trying to be more tolerant of. Oh yeah, that's tough. No, I was the same way because for a lot of years. Basically, yeah. I coached 100% online, and all my training was done alone in the garage. Yeah. And and then I opened my own facility, and that changed. And, you know, my workaround was, like, I'm not one of those people that could, I can't coach and lift. I just can't do it. Oh, because dear. my mind is on them. It's not yeah. where it needs to be. You know, my mind ends up being on those 10 other people or 15 other people that are in there, and I can't be there and push my training how I want it to be. So I just quit that. 
uh, like on weekdays, Monday through Friday, I just coach them and then I'll do my training alone. And then Saturdays I changed it and just everybody that joins the gym knows this. I am not a coach on Saturdays. Yeah. I'm an athlete. Leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go ask somebody else. <laughs> I write their shit down. They have their stuff. And then now it's like, you go do it because I got to do my shit. Yeah. Um, and, and I select certain training partners that fit to what I do, you know, and we feed off each other and, you know, it's, it's a couple people. And yeah, that was the only way I could, that, that was my workaround for, for being around people. Like I'm, I haven't walked into a commercial gym and tried to lift in so long. It's a, uh, it's tough. And that's also another reason why I don't, I generally don't lift much when I go give a seminar or something. Yeah. I'll do some with them. Like Sean and Gabby's, I deadlift. I was like, okay, we're, uh, the last thing we did on day two was deadlift. I was like, okay, I'll do some with you. You know, um, but once I'm in coach mindset, it's hard for me to be in athlete mindset. So I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's different. Yeah. I mean, I have a few people fly in. Sometimes we'll do metabolic testing. We'll do some RPR. We'll do some you know, just basic lifting form. And a lot of times because they're there for the whole weekend, I, you know, I may lift with them, but at the same point, I, it's just an extra day. So I get some stimulation and I just, use probably whatever weights they're using. I don't I don't even count it as like part of my training. It's just some movements so I don't have like three days off and I don't have a massive load spike when I go back to normal again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Alright, let's call it there, man. It's like close to the holidays. Yeah. A couple minutes short. It was good to talk to you. Thanks for uh ringing in from the Dominican. I hope you enjoy it down there. Yeah, it's uh it's nice and sunny again. So it's uh <laughs> Then good. We're doing snorkeling, I think, tomorrow. So that should be kind of fun. So, yeah. Yep. There you go. Well, we'll talk to you later, everybody. And I will be right. gone for two weeks. So we'll see what these guys throw at you. Uh, if not, uh, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, things like that. So, yeah. Catch Sounds you later. Good. See ya.